podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi, this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. You are listening to the We Are West Ham podcast and this week's episode is sponsored by footballprizes.co.uk where you can win some prices pieces of signed football memorabilia each and every week. There's been some fantastic signed pieces from the likes of Paolo Di Canio, Saeed Ben Rama, Jared Bowen and Vladimir Soufal up for grabs since their launch and for as little as a few quid per ticket you can give yourself a great chance of winning one of them. There are a limited amount of tickets for each draw and entries close at 7.30pm every single Friday with the winner being drawn an hour later, live on their Facebook page. So head on over to footballprizes.co.uk to check them out and see what West Ham piece of memorabilia they've got going on this week. It just keeps getting better and better and better, doesn't it? Last week, Will and I were lost for words after seven days that included wins over Everton, Genk and Spurs, and it's the same this week after we became the first team to beat Man City in the Carabao Cup for five years via that penalty shootout, before heading up to Villa Park and thumping Dean Smith's Villa 4-1 to cement our place in the top four. Is it now time we stopped getting surprised at just how good we are at the moment? Is this West Ham from now on? Has David Moyes performed a miracle that may just turn into the norm? And are we doing all the things that will allow us to convince Declan Rice that this is the club for him long term? These are questions I've been asking myself this week and I'll go into a bit more detail on all of that and a little bit more. But let me just give you a bit of an update on what you can expect from this week's show. It's going to be a little bit different to what you're used to on the We Are West Ham podcast because as you can tell, it's just me speaking. James, Will's off this week and that's because Will bought his first house. He's got his first mortgage, moved in on Monday. It means that he hasn't really got good enough Wi-Fi just yet. Uh, he couldn't find the time to to do the show um, and elsewhere Reese is still having a little bit of time off so it's just down to me to provide our very valued listeners a show and it's going to be a little bit diff- uh, different than normal I'm going to improvise a little bit I'm not going to bore you for two hours two hours of hearing just my voice would would certainly be a cure for insomnia as a couple of our listeners, listeners have already alluded to in the past um, but could do a little bit, something a little bit different I'll give you all a bit of a brief overview of the week so far some of my thoughts on the, the wins over City in the Cup and Villa in the league. The, the takeover rumours, can't ignore those. Uh, and then what we've got coming up this week. I'll also give you a brief update on our bet, Betway bets as we had another winner after the Villa game. And then I'll call this episode a day. But I will be speaking to Steve at Redmen TV late this week for the Oppo view ahead of Sunday's huge top four clash against Liverpool. I'll be speaking to Nancy Gillen from Give Me Sport Women ahead of West Ham Women's very difficult clash against Arsenal this weekend and hopefully I'll be speaking to Tim Oliver from Terrell Talks ahead of Thursday's Europa League trip to Genk. Remember I spoke to him ahead of our first meet with the Genk a few weeks ago. Really, really good chat with him. I'm trying to tie him down. Haven't done so just yet, but hopefully I can get him on for another Oppo view involving Genk, get his views on that first game, his trip to London Stadium. He was there, what he thought of it and how he sees this one going. So, that may or may not come, I don't know yet. But regardless of all that, all those interviews will then be released as individual podcast episodes, as well as the usual videos on our YouTube channel. It's going to be a little bit diff- different, but life has got <laughs> has got in the way a little bit this week. But we're improvising to make sure you still get your We Are West Ham fix. Don't worry though, we'll be back next week to bring some 
order back to the show but anyway i'm going to skip the usual housekeeping at the beginning and just get straight into it so let's start with the man city game i thought david moyes rotated very well he's done that all season hasn't he i was a little bit worried ahead of it before the team was announced that you know can we afford to play a number of first team players in a game against a side that just doesn't lose in this competition and I think I think a lot of West Ham fans had, even before the teams had come out perhaps just resigned themselves to the fact that we probably won't beat Man City but then at the same time it was like you know as long as we put in a good performance and I think we said this last week on the show as long as we put in a good performance then that's all we can really ask from the players and they do that every week anyway don't they so the team came out I think he rotated well rested a lot of key, uh, key first team players that we would have needed at Villa at the weekend um, and what a performance, you know, it was very defensive. Pep Guardiola alluded to that fact, um, but we made it difficult for Man City. They had their chances. I thought Ariola in goal was just outstanding. Certainly made a case for a long-term replacement for Fabianski between the sticks moving forward. Um, I mean, he's arguably the reason why we ended up going through in the end. Um, seven or eight absolute worldy saves, um, some of them point blank as well. Um, but then everyone in the team, you know, it, it, all around, it was it was just a superb performance. And then we could afford to, to bring on a couple of players at the end, probably with the penalty shootout in mind, Ben Rama um, and Bowen and, and the likes, sort of bring them on at the end and sort of see whether we can perhaps nick a winner. If not, we've got some penalty penalty takers on for the penalty shootout. And that's exactly how it turned out, isn't it? Um I must admit, when it did get to penalties, I was was a little bit worried. I thought, you know, go get all this way and then we lose on penalties, having stifled um, Pep Guardiola's Man City. Man City, I think we said it last week as well, in the oppo view with, with Anthony Cooper, that I think they scored like 28 goals at London Stadium in like six visits. So to shut them out, uh, particularly in the form they've been in this season, was, was impressive. But the penalty shootout, I think, I think City said it on their website, um, it is a lottery. It was a lottery. We won the lottery with that penalty shootout, and it's so great to see Ben Rama get the winning one because he had a good start to the season, didn't he? But he kind of he hasn't been as effective over the last maybe month, month and a half. Um, he's still been good for the team. He's still played his part, but in front of goal, he's, he's not been as effective. But so for him to get the winning penalty was great, and um, I do want to say how good was Craig Dawson's penalty as well. Absolutely superb. Um, I was worried when he st- uh, stepped up, I must admit. But great win all round. And then we've been rewarded with a, a, a trip to Tottenham, um, which had they still had Nuno in charge, I would have been quite quite confident. But at the time of recording, Tuesday morning, probably looking like it's going to be Antonio Conte. Um, that's a good appointment for them, I think. So it might be a little bit more difficult than we'd initially thought when the draw happened over the weekend. But I mean, if we manage to beat Spurs, get into the semi-finals, maybe even meet, get to the final. I mean, who will be who will begrudge us winning the Carabao Cup, having knocked out Man United at Old Trafford, beaten five, four, four consecutive winners, Manchester City, and then potentially Spurs, and then whoever in the semi-final. Um, you know, if we do go on and win this, we will have absolutely deserved it. So great to see us in the quarter-finals, and. Um, Great to see David Moyes still delivering on on what is already becoming a, a fantastic start to the start to the season. Um, it already is a fantastic start to the season. So um, really, really good to see. Let's move on to the Villa game. Um, must admit, I wasn't expecting four one. I think I said last week 
I'd have been quite happy with a draw. I think many West Ham fans would have done it. Would have even a draw would have just made sure that we stayed in the top four, the Premier League. But to go there and smash them four one, I know. I know they had some some bad luck, Villa. They're in a bit of a bad place. It was their fourth consecutive defeat. Um, they're struggling at the moment. Some of their new signings haven't really gelled after losing Grealish and spending that money on the likes of Leon Bailey and Danny Ings and the like. But they lost Ramsey early on to, to an injury. Um, funny enough, that was a very similar injury to the one I got at London Stadium when I was playing against Betway. Um, so, yeah, everyone can now see why I came off injured in that game. But it was it was just a professional performance from West Ham on Sunday at Villa Park, I thought. Um Regardless of whether Villa are in a good place or not, and regardless of the bad luck they had, you know, I thought it was just a superb performance. Getting the early goal from Ben Johnson, superb finish from him. Great to see he and him and Rice, um, two academy grad- graduates on the score sheet. Um, it was just just a solid, solid display. They did have us on the ropes a little bit, particularly when they, when, the, when they went down to ten men. Watkins hit the bar, superb save from Fabianski that that one. But I think all all in all, we we deserved. The four-one victory. I think Dean Smith said afterwards that four-one flatness a little bit. I, I disagree. I think barring their goal and that one that hit the bar from Watkins in the second half, I think they didn't really threaten us that much. They had a little bit more of the ball. They were pushing a little bit, but you know, perhaps had us a little bit worried if they if they created a little bit more. But other than those two moments, I don't really recall them threatening Fabianski in between the sticks uh, to the point where they deserved to score more than we scored if you know what I mean. So, I mean, Villa fans will probably disagree, but I think that's the way it went in the end. Um, the red card incident, the beginning of the first half, I mean, I think we can all agree that they sent he sent the wrong player off. Arguably, he could have sent both off. I think um, Concer went. I disagree that, that Bowen was going towards goal. He was going slightly away from goal. You can see why, it was a, why he did give the red card. But when you when you're a referee and you know you're VAR and you're looking at two incidents like that, back to back, same same uh, passage of play, you've got two potential red card incidents, and the first one you're looking at is a guy elbowing another guy in the face, and then the other one is a guy tugging a player's shirt who's running slightly away from goal, and you go right, well, I've got to send one of these players off. Surely, the the assault on Pablo Fornells is the red card one, and you book Concer for the one on Bowen, but for some reason he, he saw it the other way around. I don't even think he booked um, House. I'm not too sure. I can't really remember, but just just a really baffling decision. I mean, one of them definitely deserved to go, if not both, but he sent the wrong player off in my book, and um, I think Villa will feel a little bit aggrieved about that, but um, Fornals was involved again in, in that little uh, that little tackle with um, Marvellous Nakamba, who... He's probably still flapping around on the ground after. I mean, it's just a pathetic, pathetic behaviour from Marvellous Nakamba. But one thing that did make me laugh about that that moment was John McGinn coming over like the hard man, having a pop up four nails on the floor, um, and Jared Bowen just coming in and just wiping him out. Just a little little push, and John McGinn went flying and loved that. Everyone, all the players, just leapt to four nails' defence. Uh, while John McGinn was shouting him while he was on the ground, then John McGinn soon soon regretted that when he ended up on his backside after Bowen came in and wiped him out. Um, again, I think the referee got that one right. I don't think it was a red card. I don't think I think yellow was probably fair. It was slightly late, but it was going for the ball. It was a fifty-fifty challenge, I think. Um, but the way Marvellous Nakamba reacted, flapping around on the floor, was just a little bit weird. 
if you ask me. A little bit strange. Um, just don't know why you behave like that, other than the fact you want to get the player sent off. And even then, like a fully grown man, like you're a fully grown bloke, like just flapping around on the floor after you've been kicked in the knee. Um, very, very embarrassing in my book. But referee got it right. Four now's got a book in. And then Four now's popped up with the goal. Bowen, superb again. Um, he was great all, all game, wasn't he? Uh, Jared Bowen, he's getting better with every game. But um, Four now's tapped it in after Bowen's shot was saved by Martinez and uh, kind of it was almost a, would have been a bit of pill to swallow for um, for Villa fans having clearly believed that he should have been sent off. But then, you know, he did have his jaw off hanging off after being assaulted about 10 minutes earlier. So, um, great for Four now's to get on the score sheet. I think that's his first goal in about six or seven games. Um, he's doing, you know, he's, he's his usual busy self every single game, but it's good good to see him on the score sheet. And then Lanzini comes on and you have to give a lot of credit to Lanzini because not playing as much as he'd like. You know, there were rumours in the summer that, you know, he wanted to wanted to leave the club because he wasn't guaranteed regular first team football. He's more of a bench player now. Um, he's come off the bench. He's had he's been laid on a, a golden opportunity by Michel Antonio to, to score his first Premier League goal of the season. Um, and he's laid it off to Bowen. Um, so unselfish, and just shows you the type of guy he is. Shows, shows you the type of player he is. That you know he could he could have been really selfish there, going right. This is my moment to prove that you know I can be, I can get on the score sheet. You know he got the winner at Old Trafford in the cup, but you know he can come on and change games in the Premier League. Um, and we did just that, but you know other players would have just seen that as a right. We're three one up. I'm going to go. I'm going to do this myself. But he laid it off to Bowen. Bowen. More more than deserving of a goal. Um, super performance from him, again, as I said. So um, just a great performance all round in my book. Um, a little bit surprising. Didn't expect us to, to run right in the way that we did. I know two late goals probably made it um, a little bit bigger than what it was, but I think we were well deserving of a 4-1 win, um, regardless of what Dean Smith would say. Um, but David Moyes is just, just every single... Every single game, it just gets better and better and better, does it? And like, if you actually look at his record now, he's played. David Moyes has, has managed eighty games so far um, in his second spell, and he's won forty of them in all competitions. That's obviously a fifty percent win rate. If you combine his two spells, that's one hundred and eleven games he's managed, forty nine wins, forty four point one percent win ratio. He's currently holding. The best win ratio of any permanent manager in West Ham's entire history, if you include, if you just take his second spell into account, and he's not far off that if you combine his two spells, um, it's just outstanding, really, from West Ham and from David Moyes. What he's doing at the football club, we speak about it every single week. Everyone speaks about it on Twitter. It's almost unbelievable what he's doing. He literally is performing miracles at the moment with a small squad this year of the Europa League. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the tra- in the January transfer window and whether we can bring one or two more faces in. The deeper we go in, in the Europa League, we'll make it a lot more difficult in the Premier League, I'm sure, later on in the season after the players have already played 35, 40 games. Uh, if we're still in the Europa League by then, um, will they be able to continue competing on all fronts? But the quadruple is still on, guys. The quadruple is still on. We could still win it. You know, it could even be five trophies. You know, if you take into account the Betway Cup that we won in the summer as well, um, just superb, absolutely buzzing.
Support for the We Are West Ham podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the men's below-the-waist champions of the world. Manscaped offer precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, and they just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0, all across Europe. And to add to that, we've got our hands on the quality weed whacker, nose and ear hair trimmer. So we're well on our way towards looking as well-groomed as West Ham do under David Moyes. Clean, tidy and looking absolutely fantastic on the weekends. And Thursday nights. They say Thursday's the new Friday. So, um, no, and Thursday nights are looking pretty good as well, mate. And I've actually got my hands on the weed whacker right here. Can you see it? I can see it, mate. Yeah, it? yeah, it's a yeah. tidy little bit of kit, isn't it? Yeah, it's a good little bit of kit. I mean, if you're listening to this and not watching it, you can hear it. That's 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 the motor. <laughs> if that um, doesn't sell it, I don't know what will. I mean, be. I'm, I'm trying to sell it as best I can to people that are listening <laughs> rather than watching. But it's a great great bit of kit. It's um, it does exactly what it says in the tin. It does certainly whack your weeds. You know what it helps with as well, Jonesy. I've spent it's it's been a while, but the older I'm getting as well, and the old nose hairs are getting a little bit more out of hand. I've been plucking them, or once I tried a thing with uh, an old housemate of mine where I dipped cotton buds in wax, put them up my nose, and yanked them out. Oh, Not an no. experience I'd recommend. So having used the uh, the weed whacker last week, much more quicker, efficient, neat and tidy, and certainly more pain free. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I haven't got around to trying my ears yet, but I don't think I'm old enough for ear hair yet. Sort of. No, sort of not so, quite. I mean, I know we've already established in previous podcasts that I am getting on a little bit. I'm not quite as old enough yet to have ear hair, but I'm sure. I'm sure that'll be coming pretty soon. Decent um, Christmas present for uh, dads and granddads, and hey, maybe some mums and grandmas. I'm. I'm not one to judge. Well, yeah, oh, definitely. So, lads, we'd recommend joining 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, who we've teamed up with to bring you 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the promo code WEARWESTAM. That's all one word, WEARWESTAM at manscaped.com. You wouldn't seek a goalkeeper up front if you were a manager, so why choose anything other than the right tools for the job when it comes to your grooming? Trust us, you won't regret it. let's, Let's move on. Not going to bore you for much longer, guys. Takeover talk. We've obviously had it with PAR Capital over the last few months. They've gone quiet after the club reportedly turned down a second bid. They said they they accept that, but they would be prepared to come back whenever the uh, David Gold and David Sullivan were ready to sell. Still, no, no word from them. But Czech billionaire Daniel Kratinsky is reportedly close to buying a twenty-seven percent stake in the club. Kratinsky's worth. His net worth is around four billion, so he's not Newcastle takeover level. It's not Man City. It's not Chelsea. Um, if anything, he's just a, a just a normal regular billionaire um, who isn't going to be out there going and start buying Mbappe, uh, which Newcastle think they're probably going to do. Um, but he's got a bit of money. He's he's richer than our current owners, and um, he already owns a football club in Sparta Prague. Uh, he knows how football clubs are run. Um, Sparta Prague, you know, big club in, in Czech Republic. Um, and according to the Telegraph, they are saying that he's hoping to set up a bit of a partnership between the two clubs. But that does cause some problems, as I'm sure you, you will all be aware that if he does do that, he does get a controlling stake at the club, then it means that neither West Ham or Sparta Prague will be able to play against each other in European competition, which technically means that 
only one of us can be in the competition at any one time because there is a chance that we might draw each other in knockout stages, for example. So it's either if he does get a controlling stake, which in the eyes of UEFA and the Premier League is 30.1%, um, he apparently is buying 27% at the moment, it means that participation in Europe might be a little bit difficult, it might not even be possible, unless he sells his, his, his controlling stake in, in Sparta. But, now, we've got a long-term striker target in Adam Plozek, who plays for Sparta. Maybe this is our opportunity to get him if Kratinsky does, uh, is successful in, in buying a stake. But this is for me, this is promising. The PAI stuff, everyone knows my views on that. I thought they were incredibly unprofessional in the way they went about um, their bids for the club. Um, you know, typos in statements, you know, spelling their names, getting the team name wrong in the uh, in, in their in their statement. Saying that you know the the fan the, the the fans barely sold at Upton Park, um, stuff like that. It was just all a little bit strange, and then getting Rio Ferdinand on board and calling him a West Ham legend, and just little things like that kind of just put me off a little bit. Put me off. Just you know, if you can't if you can't, haven't got attention to detail with your statements, then how can we trust them to have attention to detail when it comes to running a football club? On the flip side, Kratinsky, not a single word from him. From him, I know a lot of journalists, a lot of publications a lot of broadcast broadcasters have reached out to these representatives for comment no word literally quiet nothing and i like that that's quite comforting because it just means that he just wants to get on with a job you know maybe he's not allowed to say anything maybe he doesn't want to say anything maybe maybe that's the type of guy he is he just wants to get business done behind the scenes let his business do the talking i don't know we don't really know enough about him yet but you know i think this is a little bit more promising in my book than than anything involving PAR Capital, and you know that's that's just the way I see it at the moment. I think um, if he is successful, then I think it's, it can only be good for the club. Um, I do wonder who would be buying that twenty percent, twenty seven percent off. My guess would be from David Gold, but we don't know yet. Um, we still got Trip Smith in there with ten percent of the club as well, so no one really knows. But well worth keeping an eye on. This is this one I think is one worth getting a little bit more excited about than the previous one. Um, so we were led to believe last week that within a matter of days it could happen um, some reports saying that's a little bit off the mark it's going to take a little bit longer um, but this is one that I'm sure won't go away anytime soon I think um, we might be might be on the verge of something happening involving the ownership of the football club which as everyone knows that fans have been desperate for for so many years been calling for, been protesting for um, and it looks like something might just be about to happen. Um, what that means for the long-term future of the football club, it's difficult to say right now, but I think we can all all hazard a guess in saying that it's going to be positive. It feels positive. It's not the multi-billion pound um, you know, state-run takeover that Newcastle have had. No, it's not going to turn us into one of the richest clubs in the Premier League. Um, it will certainly elevate us a little bit more from a financial standpoint. He is richer. He has got a little bit more money than the current ownership. Um, but the thing for me is that he already runs a successful football club in Czech, um, Czech Republic. He knows what it takes. Um, and for me, that that's a massive bonus for me. So it be interesting to see what happens with that. We'll keep an eye on that one. I'm sure by this time next week, once we're back to the normal format, I'm sure we'll be talking a little bit more about that and we'll get Will's, Will's views on that one. Uh, let's move on. Let's move on to Betway. We're almost coming to the end of you having to listen to my voice for what is close to 25 minutes now. 
Um, let's move on to, to Betway. So, as I said at the beginning, we had a win. We had another winner. Um, I think it's our fourth win of the season. Um, although, as everyone knows, one of them was questionable uh, with Will. Almost begging Chad to pay out one that, you know, agonisingly lost at the end when Noble missed that penalty. Um, Betway did kindly pay out. But um, we'll we'll start with Will's winner. Will had over seven and a half corners. I think there were about 12, so we got that right. West Ham to win both halves. Uh, left it late in the second half with the two two goals, but did that. And obviously Pablo four now to score any time. That was 20 to one, that. £50 on, £1,000 profit. That takes Will's total for the Bobby Moore fund to 1225 quid. Um, taking our overall total for our three charities, that's the Bobby Moore Fund, who Will's playing for. I'm playing for the DT38, Dylan Tombides Foundation, and Reese is playing for Isla's Fight. That takes our total, when taking into account Betway, matching matching our total at the end of the season, so £3,500 to be split across those three West Ham-related charities. Absolutely superb. And if you listen for the first time, the Betway charity bets work a little bit like this. So every single week, we put on Betway give us a fifty pound bet each uh, to put on um, a bet uh, a bet builder um, for any West Ham game. We pick three selections, can be four, but we we, we normally pick three, and they um, and we can put anything on any West Ham related game, um, and then all the profits, all the winnings go to our related charities. So as I said, I'm playing for DT Thirty Eight Dylan Tombeelis Foundation. Um, still still went to get off the mark. With that one, um, I did I did raise more money than everyone else last season, but I'm still waiting to, for my first win. Um, Reese is playing for Isla's fight, and and Will is playing for the Bobby Moore Fund. So we haven't done yet picked our Liverpool selections for for Sunday, uh, but keep an eye on our Twitter page at we are underscore West Ham. Probably Thursday or Friday, we'll have our selections for that game plus the odds. Um, and I'm certainly going to try and go big again because I got a bit of a slap on the wrist a couple of weeks ago for going too safe by Chad. Picked it up a little bit last week. Still no luck, but I fancy against Liverpool. Um, I do I do really think we've got a good chance of getting a decent result. Um, so keep an eye on our Twitter account for our Betway charity bets next week. So let's sign off for some housekeeping. I'm not going to bore you for much longer, I promise um, as I already mentioned, we are on Twitter at we are underscore West Ham. Instagram, you can find us at we are West Ham Pod. We are on Facebook, just search we are West Ham Podcast, and we're also on YouTube where all of our segments, our op views, uh, West Ham women um, match reaction video segments, they all go up on there as individual videos. Um, it's growing quite quickly, 450 subs on there. So if you're on YouTube, if you like watching YouTube videos, you can go on there. So just search for we are West Ham Podcast. Drop us a subscribe. Let us know what you think. Let us know where you think we can improve. Um, if you've got more comments about the podcast, you can email us at wearewestampod uh, at gmail.com. That's wearewestampod at gmail.com. If you like what you do, just want to give us some tips, you know, want to give us your thoughts on what's going on at West Ham at the moment, um, want to ask us a question, whatever it may be, feel free to email us. We do get quite a few of those um, and we want to, we want to hear from everyone that listens to us every week because we are seeing more and more people jump on board uh, and listening both on uh, the audio side of things as well as YouTube. So let us know what you think. Um, links to all of those can also be found in the description of this podcast below. Uh, and finally, 
if you do really enjoy what we do, um, you can buy us a beer and support the podcast on buymeacoffee.com forward slash we are West Ham. We really appreciate the the beers that some listeners have already bought us up to this point. Um, we did drink a few of those at the Football Content Awards a few weeks back. Will and I did have a, did have a few beers um, and we got the Christmas, Christmas drinks coming up soon as well. But there's an absolutely no obligation from from listeners to do that. You know, it's not a it's not a Patreon thing. It's just you know, if you enjoy enjoy listening to us each week, you can donate a beer, um, five pound a beer, I think it is, and um, just to show your appreciation for for the podcast and what we do every week. But um, to round off, keep an eye out for the opposition views this week. They will be coming out, as I said, as separate audio clips and on YouTube as normal throughout this week. I'm still trying to confirm. Tim Oliver for the Genk opposition view that may or may may or may not happen, but definitely speaking to the guys at Red Men TV ahead of Sunday's clash against Liverpool. Massive top four clash that isn't it? Um, really looking forward to it. Got Genk on Thursday night to come up. We could have four wins out of four in the Europa League by the next time you hear from us. We could be second in the Premier League if we manage to beat Liverpool by this time next week. We could be even more massive than we already are. Thanks for listening. West Ham are massive. Come on your wines and we'll see you next week. Hi, this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West Ham podcast. This week's episode was sponsored by footballprizes.co.uk where you can win some priceless pieces of signed football memorabilia each and every week. There's been some fantastic signed pieces from the likes of Paolo Di Canio, Saeed Benrahma, Jared Bowen and Vladimir Soufal up for grabs since their launch. And for as little as a few quid per ticket, you can give yourself a great chance of winning one of them each week. There are a limited amount of tickets for each draw and entries close at 7.30pm every Friday with the winner being drawn an hour later live on their Facebook page. So head on over to footballprices.co.uk to check them out and see what West Ham piece of memorabilia they've got going on this week. Sports Social Podcast Network.